T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome in. Beamaz and Beamer on WBEN, uh, which will be just me for the foreseeable future. <laughs> Brian Mazarowski here with you for the next hour or so. Um, and, uh, want, I mean, we'll get right to it. Saw this just out. They're out. The National Insurance Crime Bureau with their long-running list of the most stolen vehicles in America. And there's a new number one. This is the list from last year. Uh, but the uh, the new number one, the Chevy Silverado, the most stolen vehicle, or reported stolen vehicle of 2021. Big round of applause for the uh, coming up. The F-150 is uh, number two. So trucks are the top two. The Honda Civic, Honda Accord, three and four. I think the Civic was like the longstanding number one. Civic and Accord, Camry, the GMC uh, pickup truck. And then, uh, you know, the list goes on from there. But that's a new number one, Chevy Silverado. Watch out. Lock your doors, please, if uh, you have that, because there's a new number one in town. But uh, thanks for being with me. Uh, Beamaz and Beamer on WBEN and just Brian Mazarowski here with you for the next while. We're talking about a number of issues today, and there's two things that we have mentioned previously on the show here that I want to get to today. 803-0930 to weigh in on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board or give me a call this morning. And I, I want to start with number one, and that is the Deshaun Watson situation with the NFL. The NFL announcing yesterday, well, they didn't make the announcement. It's just reported, actually. But they're expected to appeal that suspension that was given to Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson. The NFL reportedly wants an indefinite suspension that would last at least a year instead of what Watson got, which was just six games that he was given uh, by that neutral arbiter, basically a judge, former judge, who made that decision earlier this week. So what should happen here? Because I do think it's a pretty interesting discussion. And I want you to weigh in 803-0930 on Deshaun Watson or, for that matter, anybody. Could you expand this to include anybody or does it have to be taken exactly for what it is? And what I mean by that is how do you view pro athletes when it comes to situations like this? Is playing in the NFL – a privilege, 
or is it just a job? And I think how you answer that question is, uh, you know, might dictate or should maybe dictate how you look at this situation. Because on the surface, it's pretty easy, right? And you see the reaction that just about uh, is everywhere this morning, the reaction that the six-game suspension given to Deshaun Watson gets. Because on the surface, you look at this and say that two dozen women have accused Watson, uh, two dozen women, all who have uh, you know, given Watson a massage. He's hired these women as a personal masseuse accusing him of sexual misconduct, harassment, or assault. And you, you scratch even uh, just a, a little bit underneath. And it's not, it, it, is a, it does lend credibility to this, right? It's not just two dozen women have accused Deshaun Watson of sexual misconduct, harassment, or, or assault. It's two dozen masseuses who worked with Watson over a a period of a few years. So it's two dozen women who we know have had contact with him. And then there's also the, you know, immediate question everybody was asking well over a year ago in this. Doesn't that seem like a lot? You, You know, something that gives credence to an accusation makes it more than just an accusation is, well, hang on a second. There's all these women coming out. You know, it was 10, 11 went all the way up to 24 now. And you're thinking, as a a professional athlete, you know, don't most of them kind of deal with the same people throughout their entire career? You find somebody who you trust to work on you, and you keep that going. There's maybe somebody who works for the team, and then if you have somebody who you work with outside of the team, it's that same person. You might have two, not 24 over the course of four years. So that immediately, I think, uh, raised people's eyebrows and said, yeah, this is more so than just an accusation. Uh, There seems to be credibility here, even without knowing the facts. And then, of course, you, you have text messages coming out. And you have this neutral arbiter who, even in the decision, suspending Watson for only six games... even in making that decision, said Watson was, basically said Watson is a predator. Ordered Watson to only get massages from a team-issued masseuse. Which would lead you to believe that this judge who was in charge of the process said, well, yeah, I, I think these are very credible accusations. It's not just an accusation. So what should happen next? And how should Watson be punished by the NFL? That, to me, is where I think the question gets a little hairy. Because, personally, I would agree with the person who texted in a couple of hours ago when we were doing an interview on this topic. We uh, talked with Cheryl Myers Booth, who's an attorney, who specializes in law and sports. And the texter uh, said, you know, six games, you know, six years in prison sounds about right to me. And I would agree with that sentiment. 
Right. I, I mean, if these are uh, things that somebody, a neutral party, is looking at, someone with experience at the law, saying it's a lot of credibility here, it's not just where there's smoke, there's fire, which I like to stay away from that argument. I, that, that's not necessarily the case. Just because there's a large number of people saying something doesn't necessarily mean it's true. But this is much more than that. There's different pieces of evidence. And then there's, you know, the common sense stuff that we just went through. So, you know, on a personal level, you think, well, yeah, I mean, what's, what's this guy doing out and about? But you look at what happened on the legal side of things. Uh, there were two grand juries who didn't bring charges against Watson. He settled a lot of these out of court. And he's not currently facing any criminal charges. So with that being said, there's the question. What should the ramification be in the workplace if right now you just stand accused of, and and he's settled with all but one. So, you know, these accusations are quote unquote settled. Except for one. So what should the ramification be, if any, in the workplace if that's the current situation? Because I think that's where it gets a little hairy. Your gut tells you, I don't want this guy around. And, of course, his position makes it a lot different. As a quarterback of an NFL team, I mean, just look at what Josh Allen does here in Buffalo. You are the face of your community. Um, You know, the owner might not care about that. You're the face of the franchise, though. You're the face of his business, and he would care about that a lot. But being the face of the community, right, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. And there's kind of a certain standard set, and you don't want whoever your face of your business or your community is, you don't want that person carrying all this baggage around. So his position makes it just a little bit different, being the quarterback of an NFL team. But generally speaking, if you're the type of person who looks at this, and it kind of goes back to the first part of this question, if you're the type of person who looks at this as being a quarterback in the NFL, it's a job. It's not, you know, a privilege. It's not, you know, anything other than this person's job, just like being a mailman, just like what I'm doing here, just like, you know, driving around doing any other job that you'd have. Should you face punishment at your job for something that happens outside if you're not being criminally charged with it? Because I think that's an interesting question. I mean, do you have some sort of morality clause at your workplace? And what exactly does it entail? Because I think if we take this somewhere else and we just look at somebody in a situation somewhere, you're working at a job. Say it's not a public-facing job. You just go to work every day. You do your job, whatever it might be. You're working construction. You're working in an office somewhere. 
taking calls at a call center and you're accused of something, does that mean you should be taken off of work just for the accusation? Because that's kind of what's happening here, you know, in a way. And again, I, you know, personally, what do I think? I think he shouldn't be allowed to play. I think you throw him out. And I think I can't believe that there's no criminal charges against him. But I just speaking in that matter of fact, I can absolutely see the argument where it's like, hold on a second. He hasn't been charged with anything. A lot of these things have been, quote, unquote, settled, quote, unquote, they have been settled in a civil court. So what sort of punishment should he face? And then it kind of comes around to that second question. Well, is it a privilege or a job playing in the NFL? You know, what is it? Because if you look at it as just a job, I think you kind of come to one answer on that first question. If you look at it as a privilege, I think you're probably in the line of he should be gone from the league entirely. 803-0930 to join me. What do you think? Let's go to the text board um, here, our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. You can give a call as well. Uh, someone's saying pro sports should be run by the fans, by what amount they're willing to pay for what, but fans are too weak and willing to pay for everything. I, I mean, that's kind of what's happening here. If you look in Cleveland, I, I, I would – I would love to hear what the conversation is like there amongst their fans. Because how would you feel if this was somebody of high stature with the Bills? And it's not just that. It's not just a Cleveland Browns player all of a sudden has these accusations. It's somebody who's under this scrutiny, who these stories have come out about, and then Cleveland went to go get that person. And how do you deal with that if you're a fan? Because I certainly wouldn't like it. I said, wait, my team is actively trying to go out and get the person who they're going to bring in here and I'm going to feel not good about rooting for because I want to root for my team. I mean, that's what I want to do, and that's probably what I'm going to do. But I'd like to do it without a bad taste in my mouth about this guy. It's not just a member of the team. It's the I mean, he's the quarterback. He is the member of the team. You know, he is the front and center person. I'd feel pretty bad about that. But uh, going back to the text board, you know, someone's saying it, this is it's what makes it a unique part of this job. Uh, somebody who texts in, he represents the team on and off the field. It's not a normal job. And that part is that part is absolutely true. So it's impossible to make that direct comparison. You know, I'm trying to compare it to somebody's office job. It's not the same thing being a quarterback. You are held to a different standard. But, I mean, would you take that standard and translate it to any other job? I don't know. I think it's interesting. We'll go uh, to the phones. Jack 
is in Lewiston. Now you're on WBEN. All right, Jack, uh, what are you thinking about this whole situation and just six games? Well, I don't think it would change too much. Uh, look what Buffalo did. Uh, I know it was after the fact, but Simpson's name's still on the wall. And I'll bet you any money they'll transfer it to the new stadium, even now knowing what we know. I'm sorry, say that again. All right, Jack. I have no idea what he said there. Oh, he's talking. He's talking about OJ. Yeah, I think I, the OJ situation is. I don't know. It's weird. I think if you're going forward to the new state, you, and, and you know, this is. It's completely different, but it's similar. There's a lot of people who say OJ Simpson, his name shouldn't be on the wall. Even though he, and well, here's a similar part in this. He was charged, but he was found not guilty in court. So by the letter of the law, he did not commit that crime. So his name is still up there. I wonder if it would be still up there on the wall of fame, OJ Simpson. If he had been found guilty, I'd like to think not. Someone said that uh, it'll probably be transferred over to the new stadium, too. You know, this is where I say, well, maybe you just don't have a wall in the new stadium. Then you never have to worry about this problem again. <laughs> That's probably what's going to happen. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, you can't acknowledge the Bills' history, right, without O.J. Simpson. I mean, it's not like you're just going to erase this guy. He was uh, their one of their best players in history. Before Thurman Thomas was their best running back ever. You don't have to acknowledge him, but uh, he did exist. Anyways, getting a little off topic there. Carl is in Amherst. Carl, all right, Deshaun Watson, six games. What went through your head? Well, you know, I was talking about it with my wife and you know, I almost agree with the judge, per se, because, you know, as much as it sounds disgusting, the stuff he did, but and I, it, it's not like, I don't know, man. He just, I know he crossed the line, but, I mean, did he, did he cross the line according to the uh, code of conduct and stuff like that, you know? I mean, he didn't really uh, rape anybody or beat anybody up. I mean, he, uh, I'm sure you probably look throughout the history, uh, most athletes probably have been accused of that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, we just live in different times where, you know, the media draws more attention. There's more social media outlet towards these athletes who are kind of pampered and favored and, and stuff like that. So I, 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 I you know, I, I thought the sixth game was, you know, I mean, fair based on the judge's rationalization of it. Carl, thanks for the call. I, I think this case is just a little bit different. Because of the credibility of the accusations. You know, I, I hear what you're saying, and, and it's right, it's what we're saying here um, when it comes to an accusation of anybody at work. You know, should you be punished at the workplace for an accusation that, you know, happens somewhere else? You're not criminally charged with anything. Uh, but this would definitely, 
his conduct here, I would have to. I haven't went through with a fine-tooth comb the entire code of conduct for NFL players, but I can't imagine that there's uh, nothing. What he's accused of doing from some of these women, I can't imagine that that wouldn't be outlined as wrong in the code of conduct. And I can't imagine how he isn't facing any criminal charges on this. And all that being said, doesn't mean he shouldn't be able to work at his job anymore. I don't know if that's as simple as simple as it seems, and as much as I think a lot of people just want to go, yeah, and me, me included. I don't know if the uh, the answer is quite as simple as that. Hey, uh, Brian Mazarowski here on WBEN. Uh, I'll be back with more of your calls after the news with Randy on WBEN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. We're back here. Brian Mazurowski on WBEN until about 10 o'clock or so. Uh, we're talking about the... Deshaun Watson situation. We'll get to your calls in just a moment. 803-0930. The, uh, I think it's a tricky situation. I, I think after talking this through the first half hour, at the end of the day, what I my personal opinion on the matter and where I'm getting at is that I would prefer if Deshaun Watson never played in the NFL again. But I would like that to be happen via no team trading for him or wanting to put him on the field. Do you understand what I'm saying here? So I, I want Deshaun Watson to never step on the field again. But I don't want that to come via a decision from the league of an indefinite suspension. Or some, you know, high up saying... You can't play here. What I would like is for all the teams to kind of have the soul. Is that the word? I mean, that's probably it. What you would prefer is for all these 32 teams, their owners, their general managers, to say, yeah, I, 
given everything that we know, I would prefer if I don't take that person and put him on the pedestal of face of the city. Because, right, it's more than face of the organization and face of the business. It's face of the city. We talk about this with the Bills all the time in the sta- stadium discussion, right? Where it, it's, it represents the city. You know, what is Buffalo without the Bills? I mean, it's still Buffalo. It's still great, but it's not really known on a national scale. You know, how is Buffalo viewed in Kansas City? You know, what, what do people in the middle of Kansas or actually Missouri, know about Buffalo. Well, they're, they're Bills, Josh Allen. You know, what does somebody out in uh, Wyoming know about the Bills? Josh Allen, Bills. California, same way. So you are making that person the face of the community. And I would like it if all these 32 owners had the respect for their community to say, yeah, this person who is accused by two dozen women of – you know, anything ranging from improper behavior to sexual assault. I mean, I would prefer it if those people said, I'm not going to put my community in that position where I make the face of that community this person. And that's how I would prefer it to be done. I would not prefer it to be some sort of action done after the fact because then I think it gets a little hairy with... What happens in your job? You're accused of something. Should you be taken off the job? We've been through This job's a little bit different because of that face of the community part. But generally speaking, not charged criminally, accused of something, should that mean you don't get to work in your field again? And that's where it gets a little hairy. That's why I would prefer... The people in charge of the Browns would have, you know, done the right thing in the first place. Tom is on WBEN now. Tom, how are you doing this morning? Yeah, good morning, Brian. Yeah, what a great topic to discuss, the mores of society today. I thought that the the hurdle was lowered quite a bit two decades ago when uh, Bill Clinton got away with the Oval Orifice uh, situation. Um, He got reelected, didn't he? He so, did well. You know, if, you, if you're putting your finger in the in the air to figure out which way the wind's blowing, I guess we have a lower standard uh, as opposed to when we, you know, well, I'm an old guy, so when I was younger, and um, and as you've pointed out, without the legality of criminality involved, now you're just being uh, your own uh, own feelings. And I was, as I was sitting through the news, I'm sorry, Brian, I, I'll forget if I don't get it off now. I'm thinking of other people and you compare it with. So Bill Clinton gets reelected. Bob Kraft, he went for a fun time. I mean, I thought he could spend a little more than a couple hundred bucks in Florida. But, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe he's a cheap guy. Maybe he uses old razor blades, too. I don't know. And then look what they did to Mike Tyson. That was a booty call in the middle of the night. He was entrapped. Well, Tom, no, uh, that's somebody who was convicted in a courtroom. Thanks for the call and listening, Tom. But that that is a different situation entirely. He was in prison. I mean, he was convicted. 
Um, so I, I don't think you can, and I don't think it's fair to anyone who is a victim. I don't think it's fair to anyone in you know any of the situations to really compare across you know what people did. On the Clinton point, you know, I wanted to, my initial reaction was to go, yeah, you know, uh, maybe you have something there. But I, I think society's actually gone the opposite way. Uh, you, you know, you look back to Bill Clinton and what happened at the time. It was a joke. I mean, it was the punchline of every, uh, the Tonight Show of every late night show. It was, I, I mean, people looked at it and kind of laughed. Monica Lewinsky was a, a you know, a, the butt of all jokes. Oh, blue dress. Uh, you know, it was all laughs and giggles where I think you ask people now who grow up in, you know, the quote unquote modern day sensibilities. I think uh, that situation would be looked at very differently in 2022. I think we're much more sensitive to this kind of thing. And, and I think, quite frankly, what happened here with Deshaun Watson proves that point even more. I mean, if Deshaun Watson did this exact same thing and played 20, 25 years ago, I don't know if we hear about it, and I don't know if people pay that much attention to it. But this is the way society's evolved. I I think we're much more, rightfully so, disgusted by these actions. So I, I think I would push against that. You know, it sounds right initially, but I think it pushed uh, a little bit back on that point where, you know, that was a turning point we've kind of uh, degraded as a society. I, I mean, I think it's gone the other way around, uh, for better or worse, in a lot of it. This here example for better, uh, but there I think a lot of ways where our sensitivities have gone overboard over the last uh, 20 years, I mean, you can really bump that up to the last 10 years or so. Uh, but this would be uh, in the case of for the better. Where now it is a big deal. And now it is something. You can NFL suspensions. Ray Rice, the Baltimore running back. Look at what he did. And the league was going to let him go right back on the field. Uh, the league's position has evolved, you know, much because of public opinion, all because of public opinion. But the league's position has evolved. I, I think that the league used to look at it as, listen, we're here, we play football, you can be suspended for something you do on the field. I, I mean, if you choke someone with your hand, on the field of play, in the locker room or something, you can be suspended for that outside of the field. If you're criminally charged with something, that would be one thing. Other than that, if you're allowed to work, you're allowed to work here. I think that's kind of the old school way that the league would look at it. Now, I mean, look at what the league's trying to do here. They're looking for an indefinite suspension, at least a year suspension for Deshaun Watson. So they've evolved their thinking a little bit, too. It's more of a privilege. It's not just 
an ordinary job. It's not your regular situation. What would happen here if, uh, because you do represent the league, the company, your team. And to me, more importantly, I don't know if it's to them more importantly, but more importantly to me, the entire community. I got, oh man, 803-0930 to join me here on WBEN if uh, you have an opinion. Deshaun Watson, either, you know, six games by this neutral arbiter. And everyone was up in arms. I I think there's uh, rightfully so for knee-jerk reaction to say that's it. Because it certainly seems like it should be a lot more. But in a way, you read this decision from this former judge. And she says that, listen, I, I mean, this is along the lines of what the league has done in the past. And what more can you do? He's legally allowed to work. This is his job. So what more do you want me to do unless you're changing the standards, which I think they should? 803 930 We'll go to the text board because I, I just have to hit back at somebody once again. Buffalo without the Bills would be awesome, somebody says. My taxes will be lowered. I, I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> I think it would actually go the other way around, uh, maybe. When, when you don't have the uh, millionaire... Athletes paying property taxes in your neighborhood. Uh, who's going to make that up? Probably you. Somebody else uh, also pushing back against, you know, Mike Tyson. Convicted, totally different scenario. And then another text, and this is kind of what I was going to uh, get for. Oh, and by the way, the, the person who chimed in saying, why are you blaming him unless he forced the masseuses? That's exactly what happened. <laughs> he forced them. I, I mean, that's, that is exactly literally what happened. So that's why people are blaming him. But somebody's texting it, look at Patrick Kane. And this is another thing that I brought up because it, it becomes... A slippery slope. Uh, they're also mentioning, you know, Duke lacrosse. But you look at the Patrick Kane situation that played out, I mean, that's now, what, seven years ago here in western New York? Where Patrick Kane was falsely accused of rape. And what did it do to Kane at the time? Well, he uh, was taken, I know at the very least, he was taken off of uh, all the media tours. He was taken off of a video game cover. I don't know if that's, you know, money in his pocket or out of his pocket, I should say, or what. But he wasn't on the video game cover anymore. He was supposed to be that year. He was uh, ridiculed, and the team was ridiculed. And, you know, it turns out the Blackhawks had quite a few problems. But for allowing him at training camp and then continuing to play the game, the media attention for... You know, I'm trying to uh, put the timeline together in my head. A couple of months was laser focused on Kane and painted Kane as the bad guy over this accusation that 
after a thorough investigation, turned out to not really hold much water. Resulted in a dropped investigation. The DA at the time, Sadida, was, uh, I, I remember sitting right in front of him at that press conference, very animated, saying how upset he was. The attorney representing the victim saying, I can't do this anymore because I've been misled. And so in that you know scenario, people wanted Patrick Kane gone until this whole situation was sorted out. But that would have been unfair to him because at the end of the day, he did nothing wrong. And he shouldn't have been treated as if he did something wrong. Now, it's apples and oranges, but it does beg the question when you're looking at Deshaun Watson in the terms of a workplace, at what point, and I guess this just varies case by case, but at what point does an accusation rise to the level of, okay, you've been accused by what? Is it a number? Is it a proof? That somebody sees that the accusation is valid. Where somebody says to you, you can't work anymore. Because that, it can be a slippery slope. When you go from Watson down to somebody like a Patrick Kane. And then the turnaround is, you know, if Patrick Kane is told, you can't be here, you can't play, you're suspended indefinitely. As the NHL was being pressured to do seven years ago, if you were Patrick Kane, you would have turned around and said, okay, um, I want all that back pay, a defamation of care, all that stuff. You would have wanted it back. Deshaun Watson's situation is not exactly the same. Uh, there's a much more credible evidence to uh, suggest that these accusations have teeth to them. But that's just the point I'm making here. I, you don't want it to go to a situation where somebody says you're not allowed to work because you're accused of something. I just I, I think that is wrong at the end of the day. I, I think that is something to be decided by the criminal justice situation uh, system. Deshaun Watson, again, shouldn't be on an NFL field again. But I'm, I'm a little dismayed that that's going to come from the league or a third party or something like that, and eventually he will step foot on the field because the people in charge of the Cleveland Browns ultimately decided that having a better quarterback is more important than putting someone with this completely tarnished image who's referred to by this neutral arbiter, this judge, as a predator. They're completely fine with having a predator be the face of their business and their town. I feel bad for, I was just talking, uh, I feel bad for Kevin Stefanski. He's the Browns head coach. You know, for all... I know this wasn't his decision to trade for Deshaun Watson. This came from ownership. I'm The GM would have been involved. 
And here you have the head coach who has to go out there every single day in front of the media and answer questions about this guy that he didn't try to get on his team in the first place. And what's he supposed to say? (laughs) I mean, what do you say? I mean, I guess he he could say, yeah, this guy is a – this there, the other name. He's a terrible person. I don't want him on the team, but he's here. I have to play him. I have no choice. Orders come from above. I mean, he could do that. It would be very entertaining. But what's he going to say? I feel bad for him. And, man, I, I feel lucky that the Bills are run by some better people than someone who, could you imagine? Because I, I can't. I couldn't imagine uh, Brandon Beam putting Sean McDermott in that position or, or the Pagulas putting Sean McDermott in that position to say, all right, you know, we want a good team, uh, so we're going to get this guy. Yeah, I know he's a predator, terrible person, uh, but we're going to make him the face of the franchise, and, uh, yeah, you're just going to go out there and coach him. Um, your media availability starts now. So uh, don't say anything bad about him. I'm glad we have an organization that's not going to put the coach in that position. Anyways, thanks for hanging out with me. I was also going to talk about bikes today. I don't know, maybe tomorrow we'll get to that. I'll be back here tomorrow, bright and early, 5 a.m. Hope you join me. David is next after the news on WBEN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.